This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilly, and joining us, as always, from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? What up, John? We're not no trading response? for Kawhi, apparently. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> I want to thank all of our followers. Um, please subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, the new Google Podcast app. Um, I'm assuming we'll get like 15 more things that I'll have to list off every show <laughs> pretty soon. And if you're enjoying the pod, please share it with your friends and comment um, either on our social media or um, on our review page on iTunes. Uh, throw us a five-star review if you could. And uh, check us out at www.lukewaltontalkslakers.com to find all of our social media. Um, our next episode, so not this episode, but next episode, we're going to be doing a mailbag pod. Mailbag pod. And so tweet at me at Luke Walton Laker or comment on our Instagram page at Luke Walton Talks Lakers or throw us the hashtag Luke Walton Talks Lakers. Um, just to get a question our way and we'll uh, break it down on the pod and be able to prepare statistics and all that good stuff. Yeah, we're starting to get some good ones, so keep them coming. Yeah, and some funny ones. Answer your questions. Some are dumb. <laughs> I can't. I'm excited to answer the dumb ones. But some are fun. Myself, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. So, yeah, Luke, we just wanted to do a quick one this week just to kind of recap some of the, the big news, the headlines that came out, have a little fun. Let's start with, an, with our favorite, a quick round of in or out. Uh, let's try to make this one really quick. I'm okay. going to try to limit myself because I'm usually the bad one about this. Uh, in or out, Josh Hart starting this season. Oh, we have to talk longer about that <laughs> one. <laughs> Kobe, Kobe is out. I... <sighs> We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk I, more I'm about out. This I'm out. To... I'm out right now. Uh, I I want to break down why, but I'm out right now. Maybe okay. by the end. Maybe by the All Star break. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, but right All now right. I'm out. Okay. Because KCP. Right. Eh, we'll, we'll talk yeah. more. We'll, we'll get there. More. We'll get there. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> uh, next. Uh, in or out on Kawhi remaining in Toronto uh, after the trade deadline. Out. They're gonna trade him for picks. Uh, I'm uh, fully in. I don't think there's any way they trade him. I think they can trade him. I'm not going to trade him. Uh, Kobe's with me. <laughs> Kobe's, no, Kobe's with me. <laughs> uh, and last one. In or out on the shorts with the logo on the front? <laughs> These are starting to <laughs> pop up like everywhere. And they're really expensive. These shorts that's are like it. $400. Yeah, no, that's why I'm out. It's... It's the the guy equivalent of the booty shorts that like say juicy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm I'm personally out. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm out, but I really want to be in. I just don't think I could do it. I just don't think I could pull it off. I think if I was walking down the street in that in those shorts, yeah, people would laugh at me. So I'm. <laughs> so, so I'm so I think I have to be out as much as I want to be in. <laughs> I don't. I don't really. I don't really like very like loud shorts. Like like even like even like the chubbies thing was like, why are you trying to draw so much attention to that region? That's what I was gonna say, but it sounded weird. So since you said it, now I can say it. I'm not. I'm just not like not trying to divert eyeballs there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, I get it. Also, for the chubby shorts, like my legs are too long, so they just yeah, they're they, real short. They do look really funny on people with really long legs, right? Like if you're yeah. five four, those shorts are perfect. Yeah, they, they're they're best for like if you're kinda... over six feet tall. Like nah, <laughs> I'm unless, sorry, chubby. Unless, unless you got like tree trunk legs, 
but that's true. If you're if you have jacked legs, then that's fine. <laughs> Clipper on. This just in Luke Walden out on chubbies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, all right, so let's just jump right into it. The big news of the week is the Kawhi Leonard trade. So uh, San Antonio has agreed to trade Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, uh, Jakob Pertl, and a protected 2019 first-round pick. That's uh, for 1 through 20 protected. Mm-hmm. They also threw some cash in to make up for Kawhi's trade kicker. Uh, I guess just for starters, do you, do you have like a strong feeling about this one way or another? Do you think either team got swindled or it worked out for both? Like, where does your mind go immediately when you hear this trade? These bros ain't loyal. <laughs> These bros ain't loyal. It's true, right? Didn't they sit down tomorrow, like in the last couple of weeks and say, don't worry, you're not going anywhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, that that's the death bell. Right, the same thing happened with Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, they hung his, they hung his jersey, and they're like, we want you to be a Clipper for life. And then they sold him up the river. <laughs> I, I had to say up. Yeah. I know that the phrase is down, but Detroit is north of Los Angeles, so I had to be down the river. Well, Unless he's up. He's he's up. He's up the he river. up the river. Cause, yeah, because Detroit's north. Gotcha. But they not the north. Toronto the north. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi the North. <laughs> Kawhi the North. Kawhi the North. Kawhi the Canadian. Uh, okay, so should I? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> you got a good Canadian accent, John. We could we could do this entire. Uh, I could segment. try to do it for some of the potty. Eh? <laughs> um, I w- I want to get your thoughts on who won this trade because I I I have my own very specific. Uh, based on what I'm saying about Kawhi getting traded for picks before the trade deadline. Um, and I, I want to get into my stuff, but I, I first want to hear kind of where your head's at, and maybe that'll help me adjust my thinking. Yeah, so I, my first my first reaction, which I think was wrong to this trade, was um, that's all they got for him. Meaning the Spurs? The Spurs, yeah, meaning... Wow, they only got DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a pick. Um, but in fairness, DeMar DeRozan is like a perennial all-star. He was an all-NBA player last season. Yeah. So, so, so I, I just want to say, like, I don't think that that's fair of me to say that's all they got. Because Jakob Pertl is a, is a like, good young player. He's a decent prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, he was probably the worst of Toronto's prospects, which I'll, right. I'll get yeah. to in a second. Um, and, a, a, you know, a pick, like, it's 1 through 20 protected. But as we've seen... You can actually get some pretty great value with picks after twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to have a good a good front office to do it. But the Spurs seemingly have a good front office. They they figured out that Kawhi was going to be great, and they made made the trade for him. So th- right. there's no reason to think that they won't be able to find value with that pick or mm-hmm. or package it for something else. I actually think this is a pretty even trade. I think that both teams kind of got exactly what they were looking for out of this. So every day that Kawhi was not traded. The Spurs lost leverage. They lost value. It was going to be harder yep. to trade him, right? Because it's 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 a day less that wherever he goes can recruit him to stay there. Mm-hmm. So the Spurs needed to get him out fast. So they 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 made that happen, and in return they got an All Star. They got Demar Derozan. They you know what I mean. And they showed yep. last season without Kawhi that they can actually be a pretty good team with with what they have. So if you throw in another All Star 
all NBA caliber player into the mix, mm-hmm. that like that actually could be a good thing. Plus, they get a young a young prospect and, and a and a pick. You you called it last week on the pod. You said they'd want a starter, a bench player, and a pick, and that's that's what they got. And two weeks ago, I said they wouldn't trade to the Western Conference. You're yes, you're right. You're right. So <laughs> let's, you're see, two, let's see if I can. Let's see. There you go. You're two I, and zero. I, I, um, I got. I got. I got one more to see if that'll come true. <laughs> okay. So the other thing is on the other side of this trade. If you think about Toronto, I think it had become clear in their minds that, unfortunately, Demar was not good enough to get them over the hump. That that Kyle Lowry is, is start you know Kyle Lowry is starting to get old, and that as good as Demar is, he just couldn't keep it up right. And there there's a story that I've read about basically uh, Masai Ujiri pulling Demar in and saying like, listen, you like you need to start shooting threes if you want to be a, a Raptor for life. But if you can do that, we'll we'll make you we'll make you a Raptor for life. And if you look at his he that was when he started shooting threes, and. Uh, through the four-game sweep, the first two games he was shooting a lot and doing pretty well, and I believe the last two games of the fi- of the playoffs he went 0 for nine from three. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that well, that was just kind of the moment for them that they realized it. So now what they have, yes. they actually have a pretty young, a pretty good young core of of players. So for people who say like, ah, now they're just gonna have to go tank, I actually don't think that's true. I think for them it's a matter of hey, let's. Let's make one more run with Lowry at trying to make the finals. LeBron's yep. no longer in the East. It's it's open field. The Celtics look like they're going to be really good, but but maybe we can take them. So mm-hmm. let's bring this guy in for one year. Let's see if we can make it to the finals. If we can make it to the finals, maybe they can keep him. That's a pretty good recruiting pitch. Saying like, yeah. hey, don't go to a team that might make the finals. You just made the finals with this team. That's a that's a pretty good recruiting pitch. And and now if if he doesn't stay, uh-huh. They still have all their young players. Like they're not a bad team. No. So I, I actually, I actually think that that it was a pretty good trade up for both sides. Yeah, I, I've I've grown to feel that way too. Um, and I, I think that from the Raptors' perspective, they have a interesting situation where they're they're going to be able to see how much they can get Kawhi to talk, which is probably going to be like four or five words, and if they can get if they can divine out of those four or five words that Kawhi actually says throughout the course of the entire season, (laughs) if they can figure out whether or not he's remotely interested in staying, then they'll be able to see if they should package him and just go into a full rebuild. Understand that Lowry is not going to be there for very long. They have good young prospects and then trade him just for picks. Like we were assuming that the Spurs were going to do. Um, I think they're going to be too good to trade him as the problem. Like unless he just doesn't play. Yeah, I don't know. That, like, like that's unless he do, unless he just does not play. Yeah, they're going to be too good to trade him because they're going to be like a top four seed going into the Eastern Conference playoffs. Like, yeah, wh- that's the why? East. Why in the world would they give up a chance to potentially finally make the finals? To be able to make the finals for the next ten years, like I think you could give four picks out of Kawhi. But from but, like, but giving the Toronto Raptors four picks doesn't take them to the finals the next four years. They're they're coming not, up against like a juggernaut Celtics team that's like only going to get better over the next couple years. Yeah, but I I don't I don't think this is their time. I don't think that they're like I don't know. 
as a perspective from a Lakers fan, I don't really care about making the finals. I care about winning the finals. And but that's because we have 16 championships to I, our name. I right? know, and I guess that's different for when you're the only team representing all of Canada. But at the same time, like, why, why not build so that you can be a perennial favorite in the Eastern Conference and actually have a shot at winning the finals when right now all you're going to do is get butt up against juggernauts? And we're forgetting the 76ers, too. They have every yeah. ability to yeah. to knock them out especially if Kawhi goes out there and is like I don't actually want to be here and isn't it the same defensive self is yeah. it the same you know like I think, I think the reason real possibility. I think the reason is because free agents don't go to Toronto mhm they just don't and like that's not a slight on Toronto it's it's just like if you look at the history of the league there have not been been big name free agents who sign there and and so I think that Toronto is looking at this and saying Masai Ujiri is is a heck of an executive, and yeah. he's very good with players. There are some cool stories about him being like super critical, but very inspiring of players and and mm-hmm. getting them to to really buy in. Mm-hmm. I think they're I think they're looking at it and saying, we finally have a, a top five guy. Yeah, this is a reason for someone to come to Toronto. Yeah, I, I guess, but I still don't think that they're going to be a free agency destination. Just, I mean. Given the weather, given the taxes, it's the worst taxes in the entire but, NBA. But I think. we've started to see that, like, we've started to see that maybe that's not as big of an issue. We've started to see players like saying, "Ah, maybe I don't need to go to the bright lights of of New York or of well, L.A." I don't. Who who are who are you giving as example? Like Paul George? Well, Demar Derozan resigned there. I know, but he was drafted by them. Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge went to the Spurs. I know, but that's the Spurs. Like, I don't. <laughs> Like I, I think that that's I think that like he he was gonna go get coached by Greg Popovich and he's one of the few players that plays from the mid range. That's why I think okay, that so, Demar is so gonna you, be. A, you just made a great point, which is the coach. Yeah, I think the coach is the big the big problem in this whole thing. Absolutely, you fired the coach of the year. They should not have fired. Like I don't think there's any way they fired Dwayne Casey if they know they have a shot at Kawhi. I don't know. I I think that this. If if I were in their shoes, I think that I would look at this as more of a rebuild rather than this is our shot. I know that they're looking at it like this is our shot because like they have Kawhi, but I think it makes more sense to be like the Milwaukee Bucks, where you go and you try and draft somebody like Greek Freak that's going to be able to be loyal to your organization, come up and have player development. If you can flip Kawhi into four picks. See, okay, this is this is what this is what got me with with the Spurs decision. They clearly were making a decision based on Greg Popovich's tenure. Like he's going to remain as a Spur for maybe two, three years yeah. max. Yeah. And so they want to win or at least be competitive over the course of the next two or three years. So I think that they didn't necessarily get the kind of value that they could have gotten from Kawhi long term, but they definitely got the best value that they could have gotten short term in this contract. And this trade. What I mean. what else what else do you think they could have gotten? I think they could have gotten four or five picks from somebody. Like decent good picks that could have turned into I don't think that anyone players. was willing to do that. Hell, I think the Lakers might have been willing to do that. But also like four picks, like you can't give out consecutive picks. And so now you're talking about four picks over eight years. You but you can if it's if you have uh, other teams. Yeah, yeah, like if if like we like say for example, if if the Lakers were acquiring other teams' picks in order to package them for Kawhi. I could have seen the Lakers front office being comfortable, maybe trading some assets for picks. Um, yeah, but those. But think about. It. I mean, those those picks, like those are what get trades done 
for other players too, mm-hmm. right? So so it's easy to say like, oh, give up a pick, it's nothing. It's not as bad as giving up a player. But the thing is like those the, that collection of first round picks, like those are very often like the the chips that end up like tipping a trade from a no to a yes. Yeah. Right, like those end up being the things where it's like, all right, we'll throw in our 2020 first round pick, top 10 protect, like, you know, lottery protected uh-huh. if we can get this trade done. Yeah. So you, it, it, I get what you're saying, and, and it's great to keep your players, but I don't think just having your players is enough. No. To, in, well, your, in your war chest, right? Like you do right. need some, you do need some additional like non-personnel assets. Well, I'm not necessarily advocating that the Lakers should have done that. I'm just thinking that the Spurs could have gotten a, a better long-term future-oriented deal than the one that they got. Because now, like, yeah, they have DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, yeah like, I, that's I, I, cool. get what I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get but, what you're saying. But he's, like, uh, imagine that the Spurs switch to more of a modern-style offense after Greg Popovich. Now DeMar DeRozan's not going to fit quite as well. In this current situation, DeMar is like one of the best mid-range shooters in the game, like throwback shooter. So is LaMarcus. So is LaMarcus, which is going to be a weird team for another coach. Anybody but Greg to like, which is weird. I don't know if I've ever heard him called Greg rather than like I, Yeah, that was, yeah. That I mean, but just, you know, maybe, maybe Luke calls him Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Papa Greg. Uh, uh, he, like, obviously he's the best co- coach for that situation. Because like he's one of the only coaches that values the mid-range game right now, um, but long term, I don't know. I, How much longer is left on three Lamarcus's? years? Oh, Lamarcus, I think it's two years. I think Demar is just two more. I feel like they might line up nicely. Uh, yeah, sorry, two more after this year. Okay. And and then Lamarcus is uh, sorry that that's uh, Lamarcus. Lamarcus okay. is two more after this year. Oh, it looks like he has a he has a player option. Yeah, so yeah, so actually they line up really nicely. So uh Demar has uh 2018-2019, and then a player option for 2020-2021. Okay. So they have the flexibility to trade them when their deals are expiring if they want to change the identity of the team or go into a full rebuild. Yes, which I think would time out with with Pop, right? I think we've yeah. heard he wants to play through the 2020 season. So basically he's got He's got two mid-range all-stars who line up with that timing exactly. Let me ask you this. With the Spurs, oftentimes they beat teams just purely on coaching, organizational presence, and the ability to like close games. Mm-hmm. Do they have that same advantage? And I think that accounts for like maybe 15 wins a season. Sure. Like a yeah, that's significant fair. portion. Do you think that given the current status of the West, where there are a ton more veterans, uh, the young guys are older, and there just seems to be a, just a better Western Conference now than possibly we've seen since the early 2000s, uh, do you think that they get that same number of kind of Spurs organizational wins throughout the course of the season? Uh um, yeah, they'll come against the Eastern Conference teams and the Kings. <laughs> um, no, probably not. Probably not. I mean, I, th- I think, un- unfortunately for Spurs fans, I think we're starting to see, um, you know, some cracks. In the armoire. And, huh? In the armoire. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, this, 
this organization that, so here's like, I, I won't take credit for it. Zach Lowe made this point, but they act so high and mighty about not tanking. But the last 20 years of Spurs greatness is directly as a result of tanking to get Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Right. Like they, 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 they tanked, they specifically tanked a whole season to get Tim Duncan. Right. Which is what has brought them this, this era of greatness. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think, I think when you think about what has made the Spurs great, it's not enough to just think about R.C. Buford and uh, Greg Popovich. I, I think you have to include some players in that. And I think that yeah. list is uh, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mon Ginobili. Yeah. Boris Dio. <laughs> Boris Dio. <laughs> right, but, like, but, but, like Kawhi, but Danny Green. Definitely Parker, Ginobili, and yeah. and. Duncan, right? Those are the guys that have really steered them through the last, you know, couple decades. Definitely. And except for Manu, like they're all gone. Right. And, and Greg is Greg is gone soon. Yeah. So, so I, I I I just yeah, I mean I, I think that the era of Spurs exceptionalism is is probably pretty close to being behind us. And as Laker fans, we know that feeling well. Because it, it it looks like it looks like they're aging more gracefully than we did post Kobe era. But in today's NBA, do you want to like, I kind of want it. Like I, I kind of like that. We took our beating. Like we had a brutal, like this was like fan building, uh, uh, like true fan building. You earned your stripes. If you're watching the car, uh, the Carlos Boozer era yeah. of like Lakers, not even the swag time era, like the, no. the pre swag, that was Late, that was the a, Kobe post Achilles era, the, yeah. <laughs> or, or like, if you watched any of the games that Kobe didn't, you're a hell of a Lakers fan. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but at least we got our lumps, and then we got our players. You know, like like we really we we dealt with it. I mean, like, and there 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 are some uh, some problems with that because obviously we lost D'Angelo Russell and uh, Julius Randle not really for a lot out of that situation. Um, and if we didn't sign Maz and Dang, we wouldn't have had to deal uh, D'Angelo for basically a salary dump. But then, you know, maybe we don't have Kuzma. So, like, it's, it's, a, it's not a perfect situation, but at least we dealt with our uh, end of an era abruptly and painfully. We ripped you know the band-aid you know off. You know what I would call that era? Yeah. I would call that the... Uh, the post Chris Paul era. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really that's, that's that the is. thing. That's the thing, right? Is like, I oh. think the reason that signing LeBron feels so good mm -hmm. is because it is the first, this, this is really the first like significant thing to happen to the franchise since then. Right. We thought that there were other things, right? We thought that Steve Nash and Dwight Howard were, were the were like we thought that that was like getting out of the hangover of Chris Paul was like oh okay well at least but it wasn't right we've learned that no. it wasn't we no. were wrong about that now we could learn that we're wrong about this but at this current moment it sure as hell doesn't feel like we're wrong about it right it it seems like no. LeBron is basically you know taking us out of the desert and into the promised land after <laughs> after the the famine of this Chris Paul thing it, it really feels like a like a NCAA team coming off sanctions yeah yeah basically. Yeah, which essentially, I mean, that's kind of what happened, right? Like a, you know, unjust, arbitrary 
um, body came in and fucked us. <laughs> so the Spurs, luckily for Spurs fans, are aging more gracefully out of that era and probably into a new one than the Lakers did. But we'll see how that plays out in the end because I think that the Lakers took their lumps, ripped off the Band-Aid, and now I think that our core is going to be more dynamic and more suited to this modern NBA than uh, the Spurs' you know, mid-range game uh, probably could be. I, I still think they're going to be uh, a playoff team and probably yeah. fourth, fifth seed. What do you think? Fourth uh, seed? Yeah, yeah. They're, I, yeah, I totally agree. They're still, I mean, again, they didn't play Kawhi last year. And they were still a playoff team. So yeah. plus Demar, I, th- I think that they're, they're. How many? How many wins do you think he adds? Like nine, ten? Is that uh, is, it, is that reasonable, or do you think that it's slightly lower than that? How did they? Well, let me see what their actual number was last season. Because his 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 defensive prowess is not amazing, and I think that's part of the reason why he hasn't been successful in the playoffs. I actually don't think they'll win many more games than they did last year. Yeah, they won forty seven. Yeah, and given that the West is tougher yeah. than last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, you know, plus or minus a handful, but I think they'll probably be in that, like, around 50-ish range. Uh, when the West plays the East, are those basically bye games at this point? Minus, <laughs> minus, minus the Celtics, 76ers, minus, Raptors. Minus Celtics, 76ers, yeah. Raptors. Um, I mean, kind of. Some of those teams, I mean, you know, they're still NBA teams. They're still good players, so you can't totally write them off, but some of, some of them definitely will be. <laughs> Sorry, Wizards. I would say anytime anyone anyone plays the Kings, it's a basically a buy game. Are are they the only team in the Western Conference that got worse? Um, or at least they, stayed like fairly neutral. Are they the only team in the Western Conference that got worse? That's a good question. Um, I mean, let's go through it. I I mean, I think Houston is at this point worse because they still haven't re-signed Capella. Right. But um, well, they're probably going to be able to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, they they will, they will. Um, they lost, they lost um, Trevor Reza, though. They did, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, looking through the list, I don't see another team that I think is because I think Memphis could actually be a lot better if uh, if their guys are healthy. Phoenix is is I don't think they're good, but they're mm-hmm. they're better. Yeah, I think Memphis is on that playoff bubble. I, yeah, they could. They definitely could be. I don't. I think Dallas is going to be better. I don't think they're going to be as great as I think some of the hype. Right. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to be. They've been signing good guys, Clippers, but I don't think they'll be too they, much better. They baffle me. The Clippers specifically. Why aren't what? they taking? Why are they signing uh, all these good players? Are they? They're really trying to attract a free agent, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And Doc doesn't. Well, I mean, it's. It, I mean, look, it's Jerry West now, right? So that's the thing uh-huh. you got to remember. It's Jerry West at the helm, not not Doc. Yeah. And I, Jerry West has done enough for me to not question his decision making. Yeah, but, I mean, you you hit so many home runs. Eventually, <laughs> you're, you're going to hit more home runs. No, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at Jerry West on the Clippers, sort of like a. Uh, um, poo holes on the Angels situation. Look I, look, I really, really hope that the Lakers, excuse me, I really, really hope that the Clippers stink rubs off on him. I think it might. Like that would, it would just make me really, really happy. And it would be kind of like a, that's what you get for going to the other LA team. <laughs> Probably like the one time in your life you're not successful. Uh, but I mean, they're making good, dis- I, they're, they're signing good players. Yeah, so I think that they'll be good. Um, I think that, the, yeah, I mean, I really think that they're looking at this free agent class and saying, 
we really have the possibility of signing some guys. Yeah. I think yeah. that I think that uh, players are just going to use them to try to get more money out of the Lakers. <laughs> I hope so. Take our money, please, please take our money. <laughs> Shut up and take our money. Um, I, I want to say you made a point about us losing D'Angelo and us losing Russell. Yeah, and and uh, obviously Brent. that. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I said the both both names <laughs> twice. <laughs> I said the one guy's name twice. Um, obviously that you know we'd rather that had not happened. At the same time, I don't think there's any way to keep all your guys is I think the, the, mm-hmm. the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. And the, the reality is with, with D'Angelo, that was the wrong pick. Yeah, clearly now. Porzingis was the right pick. Yes. Um, hey, I don't remember should, Randall's draft well we enough. We shouldn't have gotten that, uh, that pick swap. Uh, you know how we were supposed to pick fourth and uh, Knicks were supposed to pick second and the lottery yep. balls fell in our favor? Yep. But did they? <laughs> um. So, you know, I think at this point, I think you can feel pretty good about, about what we've done, right? Mm-hmm. That, that regardless of the bad, I mean, look, the, the Mozgov and Deng decisions are really, really bad. And, we're, and it would have been nice to not have to trade, you know, Russell away for that. It would have been nice to keep him and ha- be able to trade him for something better. Right. Um, but he turned into Kuz. Yeah. Yeah. And Kuz, I would, at this point, I would rather have Kyle Kuzma than... D'Angelo Russell. 100%. 100%. Right. I would rather have Kuz and Lonzo than D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. And Mozgov. <laughs> yes. Who wouldn't? No, I'm so, totally with you. So, you know, I think that's part of this process is that you're not going to get them all right. Think about the, yeah. think about the Sixers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I the mean, Sixers geez. drafted Okafor. They drafted Nerlens. Mm-hmm. Or like they, you know, that, they, it's, it, but it's about giving yourself enough times where you can get a couple wrong and still yeah. if right and that's what we did we got exactly. enough right that now we're in a good spot exactly and also uh, a similar parallel between the Sixers and the Lakers uh, multiple front offices were in the mix for uh, uh, draft pick like uh, draft day decisions so if yes. if Rob and Magic were picking from D'Angelo Russell days, I do, I do not think they would have picked D'Angelo Russell. Just knowing where Palinka and Magic stand on player development and scouting, I do not think that a guy like him would have... Um, probably Randall as well. I don't think that they would have been as intrigued by Randall as somebody that was more old school in Mitch yeah. Kupchak. Like Mitch unfortunately, Kupchak unfortunately, I remember a Magic Johnson tweet from the D'Angelo uh, Russell draft. Yeah, what did he say? He wanted us to take Julio Okafor because he was oh. quote a champion. Because well, he had a championship college pedigree. Yeah. So basically then uh, in either alternate universe, uh, <laughs> that draft would have gone poorly. <laughs> I mean, Russell's not a bad player. No, he wasn't no. a bad pick. He's better he than Okafor. definitely better than Okafor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's still in the league, but right. but obviously not the, the best pick of that draft. No. So uh, thinking, about, thinking about the young core, thinking about what we've done, there was a Bleacher Report article that came out this week. Uh, titled Lakers eager to see our version of the death lineup with LeBron at center. Mm-hmm. Luke, we've been on this topic since this, since day one. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I, like I'm really proud of us for this one. We called the LeBron at center thing. Like the <laughs> minute we talked about this and yep. everyone else has been catching up. So the death lineup that they outlined mm-hmm. is a lineup of at center, LeBron James, uh, they didn't necessarily specify power forward and small forward, but um, 
Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram at the mm-hmm. forwards. Probably Kuzma then, four, Ingram three. Yeah, that's what I've seen yep. most commonly when people have written about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Hart at two, and then Lonzo uh, at point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what do you it, think? It's an interesting lineup. I think that uh, a lot of it... There's a lot of contingency on there, for me, at least right now. Like Kuzma has to improve as a defender. I've been hearing that he's been working on that over the offseason, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in pick-and-roll situations. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty good just ISO defender because uh, he's got length and athleticism and speed. But in terms of like actually reading what a defense is giving you and knowing whether or not to fight over or under the screens, that kind of stuff, um, yep. Kuzma still has to improve on that end. Uh, Lonzo obviously needs to improve at the pick-and-roll. Um, because of his shot not being ideal, and also, more importantly, his inability to finish at the rim through contact, which I'm sure he's working on like crazy in this offseason. That's yep. like, even if his shot is still kind of janky uh, come next offseason, if he's able to finish at the rim, he's going to add six points a game to his total. Because there, there are so many little tic-tac uh, layups that he was missing last season that he should be hitting. Um, Josh Hart really impressed me in, in summer league, uh, but he's definitely, um, I don't know, I, I, basically all of this, I, I have a little bit of hesitance on all of these guys, but in terms of, you know, the young core plus LeBron, like it seems pretty straight up, but I don't know if this next season right away, this is a death lineup. Yeah. I mean, let's, so let's talk about the death lineup a yeah, little bit. Sure. Right. Like let's talk about the, so I want to, I want to call this out. The death lineup does not include Kevin Durant. Oh. The death lineup was from the Harrison Barnes Warriors. Mm-hmm. I want to separate these out, right? Yeah. Okay. So we've got the death lineup and we've got the Hamptons five. Gotcha. Okay. The Hamptons five is the is the Durant is the Durant team. So to be clear, the original Warriors death lineup, right, from the uh fifteen sixteen season. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Was uh, Steph Curry, uh, sorry, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, Andre Iguodala. Okay. Right. So let's just talk a little bit about, about that group. They played 175 minutes together. That was their third most played, uh, lineup mm-hmm. and they were plus 44 Whoa. in points. Damn. <laughs> That's crazy. So let's, let's start with the death lineup, right? Let's just look at some stats. So, uh, that group. Draymond, Steph, Clay, Harrison, Andre, that season. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Andre was the worst shooter, worst three-point shooter of that group, mm-hmm. and he shot 35%. Uh, Harrison was at 38%. Clay Thompson was at 42%. Steph Curry was at 45%. Draymond was at 38%. Draymond had 113 blocks that season and 119 wow. steals. Wow. Steph Curry had 169 steals. Uh, yeah, right. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> and, and they had <laughs> Steph Curry scored 2,300 points that season. Yeah. Absurd. Clay scored 1,700. Draymond scored 1,100. Right. And all of these guys had eff- like effective field goal percentages of over 50%. Mm-hmm. Steph's was 63%. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is just offense. Yeah. It's just offense, right? Like, this team was a lights-out shooting team, mm-hmm. right? And now if you want to talk about the Hamptons 5, it's basically the same story 
except that you replace Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. Right. Stupid. <laughs> right. And Kevin Durant last season uh, was a 41% three-point shooter. And then next season is just going to be the Western Conference All-Stars, which is what I'm positioning. We call call their starting five. Uh, and it'll just be, instead of Iggy, bringing yeah. DeMarcus Cousins. And, 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 and then we haven't even gotten to... Like and Kevin Durant had 119 blocks last season, right? Yeah. So, so these blocks and the steals number. The reason I'm mentioning them is because the counting stats they're easier to look at offense, right? They're hard to look at defense. Yeah, yeah. But this team was amazing defensively with that group. They were, and the reason is because of Draymond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, in like Draymond's Draymond's like defensive win share was like about five games. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. in LeBron's best season in Miami, he had a like around five defensive win share. Otherwise, he's never been. He's, he's always been below that. Yeah. Obviously, he's not the same defender he's been in, in the past because he's trying to save his body. So, I guess my question is like, you're the you're the coach here. Mm-hmm. Is there a way because of the unique skills of our players that mm-hmm. they can be a death lineup? And how does that work? Against some squads, I, I still think that KCP is should get the nod over Hart. So I actually yeah. this is this is uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you my lineup in a second. I'll hold oh, on. I but I agree right. that KCP. No, no. I want you, I want to hear. I want to. KCP should be in the group. I don't want to steal your thunder then. I, uh, so I, I'm not going to propose a lineup here. But no, I don't think that this this squad is there yet. Uh, I I do love the fact that uh, Bi and Lonzo can anchor. Um, a defense from the perimeter, but obvious. I, I don't know. It, it just seems hard for us to count on LeBron being the primary shot blocker up the middle. Yep. When I, I, I don't know if he wants to do that. I don't know if we want to do that to him. That's true. If we want to actually utilize so much of his, his game time to focus him on being a shot blocker rather than being an offensive superstar. This is something that I would love to see in the playoffs. Sure. Or in the finals. Yeah. I don't actually think I want to see a ton of minutes with this lineup the all season, season long. Yeah. I just think it's going to wear them out. So, okay, so my, my death lineup, my proposed death lineup at this, at this current moment. Hit me. LeBron at center. Kuzma at power forward. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care what I want to... I don't really care the positions. So I'll, just, I'll stop saying the positions. I'm just going to say the players. So LeBron, Kuzma, Ingram, uh, KCP, Hart. Interesting. With Ingram playing point guard. All right. All right. I think, that's, I, I think that that's the way that you make this work. Yeah. Is you start playing around with positions. Yeah. And you say, Hart's really strong. Uh-huh. Hart is strong enough to play the three mm-hmm. and like with some help defend a non-elite four. Mm-hmm. And Ingram is going to shred point guards. Yeah, of course. He's going to shred point guards. We started seeing that last season and he's only getting stronger. And and like last season, he, he clearly didn't know the role of point guard within our offense very well. I'm assuming that coming next season, he's going to be far more... Uh, involved in that position and, and understand like how, how to how to play call and, and work within the offense at a similar level to where Lonzo's at. 
Yeah. And I think that Lonzo could crack that group, but right now he just the shooting's not there. Yeah. And you can't be part of the death lineup if you're not a good shooter. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Right. And and he didn't play summer league, so I haven't seen if his shot has improved. So I know that Josh Hart's has. Yeah, it has. It has. Big time. Shot like forty percent. And and he's he's getting better at uh being the primary ball handler in a pick and roll situation. Yeah. So that's that would be my crew would be would be LeBron, Kuz, Ingram, Hart, uh, KCP with Ingram initiating the offense. Yeah, I see that. I see that because then you have you have strong wing defense uh, that makes up for some of Kuz's uh, inability in um, like pick and roll because you have guys like Ingram that could switch on anybody, yep. and especially if Ingram was guarding the other team's point guard or if you shuffle a little bit and have heart guard the point guard um then ingram can be kind of the guy that's like floating on defense exactly because he's so long he can close out yeah right he can stay a little tighter a little closer to the basket and because of his length he can close out and get to the perimeter the perimeter and uh and the rebounding on that team would be really cool because all of those guys could handle the ball um and they're all uh good at playmaking so um, it would definitely would open up Kuzma, I think, most of all to have that lineup um, because I think people would forget about him on offense. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're right. I think he'd be the one left with the most open looks. And we know he's automatic when he's open for three. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think that you'd see Hart slashing, you'd see Ingram yeah. slashing, you'd yeah. see LeBron operating from the low and high post, mm-hmm. and Kuz would just be Roman. Yep, and and then you'd be able to run those like double screens and stuff like that um, that KCP is so good at. Yeah, yeah. and I would love to again. I would love to put Lonzo in over Hart here, mm-hmm. but just until we see improvement, that's yeah. KCP's just a better shooter and, and an elite wing defender. I'm with you. I think that that's a you should uh, you should write that article. <laughs> Take that Bleacher Report. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I think that that's I think that that's pretty good for today's mini pod. Uh, thank you guys for joining us uh, once again. Our next episode is going to be a mailbag pod. Mailbag pod. So please submit your questions by tweeting at me or really us. We're both on there now <laughs> uh, at Luke Walton Laker or commenting on our Instagram page at Luke Walton Talks Lakers with the hashtag hashtag Luke Walton Talks Lakers. Um, you can also just respond, slide in our DMs. Um, uh, you know, because we're going to be posting on our Instagram story asking for questions. So, yeah, any of those ways. Also, if you want, you could leave us a five star review on iTunes and also throw a little question in there. You could do that. Please do. Post um, down in the DMs. <laughs> uh, thanks to all of our followers. Please subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Playlists, and many others. And uh, check us out on social media www.lukewaltontalkslakers.com. Yeah. Take care. See you, John. Go Lake Show.